So the Buddha referred to this body, our body, as a guest house and feelings as kind of, you could say, paying guests, guests who come through this guest house. So uh, some of the guests who come, you know, it's not, it's not like a, a family house where you've got your friends around, but it's a, it's a guest house where all kinds of people come. And you can make limits, but uh, they, they can't be too stringent, otherwise your guest house won't run. So, uh, so all these different kinds of feelings come through. It might be, uh, some might be really rough, challenging. Some might be really beautiful. Some you might feel like, oh, I want you to stay a few more days, you know, but it's like, no, I'm just here for two nights, so off now. So uh, it's like that, and the feelings arise, they're there for a while, they go. We like them, we don't like them, we want them to stay longer, we want them to go away quicker. So the suggestion is to develop this attitude of allowing the, the flow of guests to come through. So as long as we're alive, there will be feelings. And it's said that the Dharma is for one who feels, not for one who does not feel. Because uh, certainly for myself, sometimes I, I used to wish that I didn't have to feel everything, you know, this intense experience of being alive. <laughs> and, uh, and yet here we are, sentient, sensitive, responsive. So, uh, you know, feelings, it's, it's, as, as I said before, this, this word is a little mis... Or it can easily be misunderstood in English language because we, we tend to think of feelings as this conglomeration, like emotions. And the Buddha was more specific. So, feeling being like the initial contact of pleasant or unpleasant or neither pleasant nor unpleasant. And when I say initial contact, I don't mean that just at the very first moment and then it kind of falls into something bigger, but that, but at any moment one can come back to that initial contact. So uh, I found walking meditation can be really, really helpful for this. So sometimes something really big is activated. You feel really angry, let's say, for example. And there are all the stories as to why your anger is justified and why it's really somebody else's fault and why they really should be different. And and then you keep walking, you keep coming back. So what's underneath that? What's underneath that? And it comes back to a feeling in the body that's pushing away so uh, when we can really be with that feeling and let our, our body-mind be the guest house, or body and awareness, I should say, as the guest house, then there's a kind of a, a patience with whatever arises. And uh, the, the Pali words for feeling, you have uh, Vedana, 
And then there's a sukha vedana, pleasant feeling, sukha, like sukra. And dukkha vedana, we're all familiar with dukkha. And nidukkha, nisukha vedana, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. So that's about bodily feeling, feeling in the body. And then there's dormanasa and somanasa. So this is feeling in the mind, so dolmanasa, painful mental feeling. And that could cover things like, well, anger will go in there actually. Anger, painful mental feeling. Lust is a painful mental feeling. Depression is a painful mental feeling. Hatred is a painful mental feeling. So recognizing, you know, when, so it's like simplifying, clarifying, honing down. And uh, so knowing, instead of, instead of um, identifying or getting into the story, coming, bring it right back to that initial kind of essence, you could say. So any of those mind states and many more, I'm sure you can come up with. Dhammanasa. And somanasa, pleasant mental feeling. So it might be in that moment, there's that moment of gratification that I spoke about. After you, f- you, know, you reach out and take that thing that you really want and maybe become one with it for a moment, there's somanasa, very, very short. And then it's gone. And then more reliable Somanasa, things like um, the four Brahma Viharas that I was speaking about yesterday, they can uh, they can you know fill our mind with with the Sukhaveda, with Somanasa for a long time, and recollecting you know one's own strength and one's own goodness can bring a sense of Somanasa. The act of generosity. If we allow ourselves to feel it, it brings a sense of somanasa. Um, so, getting to know these different uh, feelings that arise in the body and in the mind. And then there's a, the question arises like, well, you know, where does physical feeling stop and mental feeling start because it seems a little you know not a clear definition there there's not a clear line between the two and I think that is true that there isn't a clear line and there there are you know like if we're if we're depressed it affects our physical body the body gets heavy lethargic you know if we're angry there's a lot of uh, adrenaline in the body, so the the body and mind they they're not we can't really separate them out so clearly. And also, so I'm going to sneeze. Also, with the physical feelings, so if we have a, a, a painful physical feeling, if we're not careful, if we're not mindful, then we're going to start going, "Oh no, I got this pain and." It's really awful, and it's going to be like this forever, and oh no. And then we, we have a mental painful feeling on top of the physical painful feeling. 
So the Buddha speaks about that as two, two darts. The first dart is shot into us, is the physical pain, ouch. Then the second dart is, it shouldn't be like this, it's going to go on forever, it's all terrible. So we don't have to do the second dart. The first dart is going to happen as long as we have a body. The second one we have a choice about. So there's a phrase, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. It's a good thing to look at. So we can just note uh, throughout the day, I'm going to do a guided meditation on, on um, feeling in the body shortly. But we can just note throughout the day where there's you know, pleasant feeling arising, pleasant feeling in the mind, pleasant feeling in the body, painful feeling in the mind, painful feeling in the body, neutral feeling, just, just to kind of be aware of those things because they, they influence us so greatly. And, uh, you know, with, with physical feeling, like I said before, we can't only have pleasant feeling and not have painful feeling. It's not possible. And also with, with uh, mental feeling, we can't only have pleasure, pleasant mental states and, and never unpleasant mental states. But we can, you know, the, the mind that is free is free of wanting and not wanting. So they say, even, you know, the Buddha, even the fully enlightened Buddha, when he was an old man, he had back pain. He would have to rest his back against a pillar his back hurt or he'd have to lie down he couldn't sit up and give teachings anymore because his back was painful so he'd lie down and ask one of his attendants hey, would you teach tonight I, I, got, I need to rest my back you know? so that's how it is to have a body and it's not that that is pleasant you know it's, it's, a, it's an unpleasant feeling but there's no pushing away it's just knowing it for what it is. This is unpleasant. And uh, likewise with pleasant feeling. It said that the Buddha could eat a meal and, and, in, and appreciate the taste of the meal on his tongue, taste of the food on his tongue, without any grasping. So it's not that everything becomes bland. You can really appreciate what is present, but you're appreciating it with a mind that's open. It's not grasping, not pushing away. So just having that as a mirror, you know, we can see the extent to which we grasp and push away our experience. So, uh, so let's find a posture for meditation. This is a very simple practice. It's again sweeping through the body, starting at the crown of the head. Just being aware of any pleasant feeling that may be present. So it's not, not every feeling that's present, but just notice the pleasant feelings. So starting at the top of the head, 
Just scanning down your head, eyes, You're going all the way down. Directly connected. And just seeing what you find, any subtle, pleasant feeling. Might be warmth or tingling. Going down the neck. And shoulders. Down your arms, all the way down to your fingertips. Sweeping down from your shoulders, down your torso, front and back, inside. Any pleasant feeling, might just be the touch of your clothing, the warmth of your clothing on your back. down to the belly, pelvis, <coughs> and down your legs, all the way down the tips of your toes. Any pleasant feeling. <coughs> and when you get to the tips of your toes, Scanning back up, noticing any painful feeling. Dukkha Vedana. So just notice how the mind wants to, it tends, if we don't train it, it'll just run straight to the first painful feeling, the most, or the strongest sensation. Could be pleasant or unpleasant. So we're training the mind to be aware of all of it. Scanning of the feet, legs. And you just, in your own time, make your way up the body. Any painful feeling. And when you find that 
any place of painful feeling, you just recognize painful feeling. Then you go on to the next step, and then the next step as you scan your way up the body. So you're not holding on there, just knowing it. Scanning all the way up. Until we get to the crown of your head. Once you've reached the crown of your head, to scan down, noticing nidukha nisukha vedana, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. Difficult, this one. It's difficult to notice what is not very obvious. So we need to train our minds. It's like growing strong through training our minds to see to directly experience what is neutral. So starting at the crown of the head, scanning through the body any places that don't really fall into the category of pleasant or unpleasant. Probably find quite a lot. down the head, the neck, into your shoulders, and down your arms. your fingertips. And 
coming up to your chest, your upper torso, front, back, and everything in between. Just scanning down any areas where there's neither pleasant nor unpleasant feeling. Going all the way down your torso. down into the pelvis and down your legs until you reach the tips of your toes. Now you can open your awareness to take in this whole body sitting here. Sensitive body. So how do we know, sitting here with our eyes closed, that there's a body? It's all these sensations, sense of pressure, warmth, movement. And I'd like to invite you to shift your attention from the 
attention to the body, to attention to your mind state. So this is something that we often overlook. We just operate following a particular mind state. And of course, like, you know, everything, those mind states change. But while we're not aware of the state of mind, we are allowing our mind state to strongly influence the way we perceive the world. So just to become aware what mind state is present now. Is there an aversive mind state? Or a, a sense of wanting? Or maybe distracted delusion, confusion. <clears throat> and it can be very strong or it can be very subtle. Subtle ones are the most tricky. So we might have been operating for years with a subtle aversion to life. So if we're doing that, it's good to know. Just paying attention to the quality with which your awareness is imbued. Maybe it's restless, seeking, agitated, blissful, peaceful, abrasive, just just knowing it for what it is. It's not personal, it's not me and mine, it's another one of those guests. But uh, Some of the guests stay a long time. So we get to know the mind that has aversion that's the mind that has aversion, just that. And the mind that is free from aversion as being free from aversion. The mind that is filled with lust or desire or wanting to be a mind filled with lust. And a mind that is free from lust or wanting as a mind that is free in the moment of lust. The mind that is confused or deluded, cloudy, just knowing it as confused, distracted mind. 
and the mind that is free from confusion and distraction as being free from confusion and distraction. So the beautiful thing about this practice is that uh, you can't really have all three greed, hatred and delusion going on at the same time. You might have one really strong, you probably, there's usually, just delusion is generally a close friend of either greed or hatred, always actually. So you could have one or two of these going on, but you can't have three. So even if your mind is filled with confusion and aversion, there's freedom from lust. Appreciate it. We're so well trained to notice what's wrong. And it's helpful, you know, it's helpful to be able to tell, to be able to know what's not helpful, you know, what's not benefiting us. But then we miss the the good that's also there, the freedom from harm that's also there. So the Buddha is inviting us to notice all of it, what is present and what is absent. And if you find that it's uh, difficult to stay present, you, know, you kind of start to drift. This is the danger of mindfulness of mind, it can get a little bit too drifty. Breath is always here. You can always come back to the breath. Anchor yourself or with the body. But then once you feel grounded, come back to just seeing what's the quality of my attention. It isn't a fixed thing, it'll change.
So our mind states are not who and what we are. They influence our experience. And if we attach to them, they feel like who and what we are. But they are simply changing states of mind. Now a place of refuge is the place of knowing. Knowing these constantly changing states.
So this is not an exercise in thinking, but in knowing. Direct experiencing. And then if you find you, you're thinking, not quite sure what to do, say there's doubt present, doubt. And you can come back to the body. Body's a really good reference point. And as we sit, if we're sitting with whole body awareness, you might notice that the body is in awareness. We like to think of the mind being in the body, somewhere up in our head, with some kind of strong connection to the brain. And the brain is part of the function of the mind but uh, it's much greater than that. So when we see that the body is in the mind, I don't mean that that it's not physical, but the mind encompasses the body, then the state of mind also encompasses and imbues the body. So we don't have to just follow the default system. We can cultivate well-being, well-wishing,
So taking this body-mind onto the walking path, or if you're in one of the interviews, please bring them along. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.